You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health podcast, and I have David Korsunski. Uh, he's the CEO and founder of Heads Up Health. So Heads Up, the website is headsuphealth.com. So David, thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking yeah. forward to our conversation. So what was the idea behind Heads Up Health? What was your goal when you created the company and what does the company do? Well, I was starting to take my health very seriously, and most of the health advice I was getting was not from conventional medicine doctors, pharmaceutical doctors. I was working with people who were teaching me about nutrition, functional medicine. Non-conventional was where I was getting 95% of my health care, but all of my medical records were scattered across different conventional medicine patient portals. And so that was the first challenge. I, I needed to see all of that information in one place. I needed to be able to share it with my functional medicine doctor and then equally important, I was starting to collect a lot of data at home. I was trying things like right. different dietary interventions. I tried a paleo diet. I tried a ketogenic diet. I would get my blood tests done before and after just to see how they affected things like inflammation oh. and cholesterol. And I would get DEXA scans done before and after. So I was doing a lot of N equals one experimentation. And wow. There, there just wasn't a good place for me to see all of that. I needed to connect my lifestyle choices with my clinical results, the blood tests. That was really at the core of what I wanted to do, and that's why I started the company. It makes a lot of sense because, you know, once you get to, you know, if you're if you're blessed with decent health, you, know, you can make it to 40 or 50 and before you have, you know, some problems. But, you know, someone, let's say they're 50 years old, they've probably seen many doctors over their life and their health records are all over the place. And, you know, the, this place closed down, this place moved, this doctor left here and, you know, it's all fragmented. So when you have a serious problem and you go to the doctor, I mean, good luck getting those records. And I can't see you getting nearly as good a treatment as you would if you had all those records in one place. You know? Well, if you've ever logged into your doctor's patient portal, the first thing you'll notice is it's the most God awful user experience known to men. There is absolutely no em emphasis on providing something functional. You can't even connect a basic Fitbit to most of these portals, let alone try to enter a blood sugar reading or do any kind of trending on yourself. So first of all, the user experience on, on doctor-patient portals is atrocious. 
second, like you said, every time you change doctors, your data gets fragmented. So just to give you an example, in September of this year, I moved from Northern California to Scottsdale, Arizona, and I have to get off the covered California insurance plan and onto the healthcare.gov, start all over again with a brand new doctor, and this brand new doctor will have none of my 42-year history. So that's another problem because a lot of chronic diseases start to show up over the course of years or decades, but your doctor does not have years or decades of your data. So they're going to miss things that could potentially have been detected years or decades before a diagnosis occurs. We have to solve that problem for people. Well, even if you do have uh, all your records in one place and you go to a doctor, I mean, I know you can't solve this probably, but there's no guarantee they'll look at all your records or that the no, you have won't to be do so so voluminous that you know I, I've heard from uh, you know the way EHR is set up is the more that doctors write a note the more likely they are to get reimbursed by insurance so the records themselves if you look at them I haven't but they're probably full of I mean a lot of fluff and they're not organized into a cohesive narrative and everything and so so yeah have, have you looked at the totality of your health records and what did you see when you looked at them if you did. Well, one really interesting thing, and I'll give a few specific examples myself, but I, one of the metrics that's, that's persistently low for me is blood platelet count. And so I looked at it. It was out of range on the PDF I got from Quest Diagnostics. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, that's moderately interesting. But then I was able to go back and look across all of my different doctors and say, wow, this has been trending down for decades but there's no one who's ever been able to see that because the data is not on one trend line. So now I have a 10 or 15 year longer window into that trend. A doctor may say, well, maybe it's been like that all the time. Maybe it's just a one-off. So I now am more educated about what is happening with that metric. Another one I've been working on is, is low white blood cell count. It's, it's always just been on outside of normal on the low side. And again, I can look back all the way to 2005 and realize that this is not just an anomaly, that it's been persistently low. And so I now have that information I can use. Maybe those things, if it was a more serious marker like inflammation or something related to cancer or diabetes, seeing that longer term trend line is extremely important. I'm fortunate I'm in good health now. But autoimmune diseases, other things that take long times, long time to show up, we want to help people look at that trend. And, and you made one important comment. You said just because you have it all in one place, there's no guarantee the doctor's going to look at it. And that's exactly right. We as individuals need to be taking ownership of that right now. And you have to be your own detective in this day and age if you want to stay out of the system. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, no, I totally agree. You have to be your own medical advocate because the doctors don't have time and, you know, I guess fair or unfair, most of them just don't think like that, don't have the interest. They're just there's looking lots at of reasons. right then and there. And that's yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah. There's lots of reasons why or why not. We, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. But the point is that I think mm-hmm. everyone should understand those numbers. Those are our longevity numbers. And those are the numbers that are going to keep us off of pharmaceuticals and procedures and, and things of that nature. So... All I'm trying to do is provide it back to the people who want to take ownership of that information. So you you help them, you gather up all the electronic health records in one place, or like what what do you do? Yes, What's that's correct. Yep. It, okay. it links up all of your patient portals in one place. We clean and it, the the technical term is normalize the data. 
So we'll we'll download the records and and look at all of the different test names and results and and date stamps and and clean it all up. So you just have beautiful trend lines, charts, graphs. That's part one. And then part two is helping you integrate the data you're collecting at home. You can link up MyFitnessPal, Chronometer, My Macros, the Aura Ring, Keto Mojo, Withings, Apple Health. Anything you're using to quantify your health at home also gets integrated onto your custom dashboard. So you just set it up with the metrics that matter most to you. If you want to nerd out on some of the biohacker technology, you can. If you want to work on a chronic condition, you can. Just integrate the medical, integrate the data at home, and get yourself dialed in. Well, what if you go to, uh, you know, you said Quest Labs, and they send you a PDF by email. Can I send that into your system, and you guys will scan it and integrate it, or do I have to, like, type it in? No, we just we just need your Quest username and password. We'll sync the data instantly. Okay. If someone has to do something manually, is there a way for them to do that and send you the data, like yeah, you just, PSV format yeah. or something? Yeah, you just click the button. There's a button, enter biomarkers. I think it's important, especially outside the United States. A lot of people internationally, they're living in countries where we cannot access their medical records as easily as we can here. In the U.S., it's all based on APIs, and we can sync it up easily. But in Canada, Australia, United Kingdom, our, our users on the system will enter those results manually. Just like you'd enter it into a spreadsheet, it's the identical user experience into our system. Okay. And then does your system suggest if you're missing stuff, like, hey, you know, we don't, you don't have any, um, you know, blood panels uh, listed for the past five years. You know, you might not want to yet. think about getting one done. Yeah, we're just starting to build those types of features where we can say, hey, Rich, if you had these lab tests on your profile, we could calculate this risk score for you. Or say, for instance, it's been 36 months. Here's a recommended general health and wellness panel for you. We're not making those recommendations yet, but there's a lot of really good quality published health scores out there, and we can start to calculate those automatically for people based on their data. So we might start recommending gaps in your profile. Hey, if you could get us these two tests, we'll calculate this metabolic risk score. And by the way, here's the academic paper where they validated said score. That's the direction we're going with this type of information. Yeah, that's super useful. What are some of the scores that you've seen in your data that have found to be useful and why? Maybe just comment on a couple of them that people cool. might not Cool, yeah. Think about. One, of them, uh, one of them is called the HOMA IR score. It's spelled H-O-M-A-I-R. And it's the uh, homeostasis model for insulin resistance. And really, it's just, it looks at, it was developed by an academic institution in the UK. The name is escaping me right now. But they had a pretty big data set that they were able to use to come up with this score. And basically, all you have to do is get a, go to the phlebotomist, Quest Lab Core, whatever, get a fasting insulin and a fasting glucose. Now, fasting glucose, you can take at home with um, a glucometer, but fasting insulin, you have to go, yeah, you got, with fasting insulin, you got to go to the lab. So it's best to just go to the lab, get a fasting glucose, fasting insulin, and then you can plot those numbers in and it will give you a, a score on your level of insulin resistance. And you may be familiar with the fact that when doctors do not order fasting insulin by default, this should be part of every routine physical because sometimes your blood sugar can be normal. And so they no, nothing will be suspected. 
but your insulin is sky high and that's actually what's keeping the blood sugar in range so it's it's overcompensating but nobody ever orders the fasting insulin that, that's the check engine light you know 10 years before you get a type 2 diabetes diagnosis so you know the cool thing here in the US is you can just go order those tests by yourself you don't need a doctor anymore so it's like 60 bucks go to private md labs requestatest.com there's a million of them order a fasting glucose, fasting insulin, and then you can plug them in and we'll calculate a, a HOMA IR score for you that will be significantly more effective than just trying to use blood sugar. That's one. And then another one I love is the, um, is the, is the uh, morning readiness score, which is calculated by the Aura Ring. And we've integrated the Aura Ring into Heads Up Health. So you can see all your Aura stats right next to all your numbers. But that one, actually, when you wake up in the morning, is an algorithm that's based on a number of different variables. The, uh, the deep sleep, REM sleep, light sleep during the night, the heart, the heart rate pattern during the night, the resting heart rate, the core temperature, also known as basal temperature. So it's collecting all this data when you sleep. And then in the morning, it gives you a recovery score. And you can start to learn how to fine-tune your day to get the best possible recovery when you sleep. And that's been a game changer for me. So those are a couple I like. There's more, but those are a couple good ones. That's really cool. Um, how does, uh, you know, I've heard of, of HIPAA, but it just seems like this nebulous, like, oh, HIPAA won't let you do this, HIPAA won't let you do that. So how does HIPAA play in to the data and what are some of the provisions that, you know, people may not know about that affect how their data can be used? Well, HIP, the... HIPAA compliance here in the United States is, is a set of procedures and protocols that, that ensure data privacy, data encryption. So our systems are not technically regulated under HIPAA because we're what's considered a patient health record, which means Rich logs in, Rich uses his data, it's yours and yours only. We're not sharing it with your insurance providers for reimbursement. We're not sharing it with your doctor for making prescription diagnoses and things like that. So it's it's a personal health record. So it's not regulated the same, uh, largely because we're just not working with what are referred to as covered entities. So although we're not technically regulated under HIPAA, we still follow all of the best practices, just as good data governance, encryption, and encryption at rest, encryption at flight. If If Rich wants to share his data with someone, that's something you have to do. So that's something you initiate. So it's all controlled and owned and operated by you and you only, and, and we're regulated as a personal health record. Okay. And I would figure, though, as you amass a lot of data, I mean, are you allowed to look into it and, uh, de you know, anonymize it or pseudonymize it and look at trends? Or have you been approached by companies that want to do that and are they allowed to? No, we we would never use, we would, we would never work with other companies in, in that regard. Uh, we may in the future start to look at trends. So to give you an example, we may say, hey, Rich, your, your, your morning readiness score was X. And by the way, here's how you stack up against the community of Heads Up Health users. Uh, we don't do that today. We, we may move in that direction in the future. And again, that's just aggregating and anonymizing stats and using them internally with the app so people can benchmark themselves against others who may be in their similar demographic. So I think that, that, that's a direction we will probably move toward over time. We don't do any of that today. I, I think that that information is very helpful to people to be able to have some frame of reference. Okay, am I doing good or 
or not relative to other people in, in my cohort. So we will likely move in that direction. We may or may not partner with other companies. If we can find ways to bring more data into our system, we would we would love to do that. And there are public data sets out there that we might ingest, like data sets that keep track of adverse side effects from prescription medications. We would love to pull that in and then cross-reference it for you to say, hey, by the way, Rich, we noticed that you synced up your medical office. It looks like you were prescribed medication X. We don't know if you took it or not, but FYI, here's a few things that you should know about people who did take that. And so there's lots of public data sets we can start to pull in and provide really interesting things for people. So are you able to say how many people you have on the platform right now and what your goals are for a number of users? Yeah, I, I, we're, we're still a small company. So we're, we're still in the, um, in the tens of thousands of users right now. Um, and we're just growing small organically. We're not... We're not out there uh, spending a ton of money on marketing or anything like that. We've really kind of just grown word of mouth. We're just a small team. So it doesn't really – so Sarah, obviously we, we want that to continue, but the main goal is just just provide a good service. This is a very intricate product to build. So it's also possible I don't want to go too fast either. This is mm. this takes a long time for the, this type of product to develop and mature and so it's just going at the at the pace it's supposed to go, and I'm just letting it happen organically. So what's some of the interesting feedback you've gotten from users? Anything that surprises you? Yeah, I think the coolest thing was when we set out, we're like, okay, this is for the biohackers and the data nerds and, and all that type of thing. And, and actually, what's been the most rewarding is the fact that it's been the complete opposite. It's It's the average person between 45 and 60 years of age they're managing one or more chronic conditions. They're not technically savvy. They don't know how to program their, their data into R to calculate insights on it. They're just regular people who are sick. And they're like, okay, I'm listening to the podcasts. I know what all these numbers mean. I'm very comfortable tracking this myself. I know who the experts are. I follow them all. They're telling me how to reverse this condition without drugs. And they're doing it. That is what gets me up in the morning every single day. That's really cool. I was I was I was just helping a woman who's 82 years old connect her aura ring to our system, and uh, it was yeah, it was incredible. Uh, that, that's that's what makes it worthwhile every single day. Well, without naming obviously naming names, any particular stories of individuals with certain conditions or you know uses of it that really struck you? I think we've shared a few stories on our blog. Uh, one is a woman named uh, Ginny, and uh, she w- she was a long-haul truck driver. And her story is on the blog, so I, I, I can share it freely here. But she had several conditions that there was just no pharmaceutical answer for. One of the, one of the worst was, was diabetic neuropathy and pain, uh, plantar fibromatosis or something like that. And, so painful that she couldn't even let the bed sheets at night touch her feet. Just miserable pain. Wow. And, and and nothing worked. She was on all the pain meds, everything like that. And the woman is, is a long-haul trucker. It's not like she can just pull up at Whole Foods and get a grass-fed burger and some organic spinach every day. Mm. So, and, But she was able to design a ketogenic diet that she was able to take with her on the road. And so she'd do her cooking when she had when she was home and she had access to the kitchen and she got off all the medications, all the neuropathy, reversed the reversed the, the 
diabetic symptoms and completely transformed her health and and had a wonderful outcome, lost, I don't know, 100 pounds in the process. And now she's out there as a champion for other people. So that was one. And then we have a lot of people who are using ketogenic and metabolic therapy, fasting, really putting very strong downward pressure on, on our metabolism. Because when you eat a Western diet, that's typically what gets what gets messed up, our blood sugar regulation. So, and, and, and you go to any country that adopts a Western diet, and they immediately develop Western diseases, obesity, diabetes, all the stuff you get when you eat the shit that, that we eat here. So yeah. how do you help people with that? It's, it's start to educate them on metabolism. So most of the users in our system have a metabolic disorder, and most of them are using low-carb ketogenic therapy to reverse said metabolic disorder. Once they get it under control, then they start looking at the larger aspects of their health, and they start becoming aware of things like sleep quality and heart rate variability and eating a nutrient-dense diet. So fix the issue first, and then people start looking at the bigger picture of their health as well. So that's where most of our users are coming from. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Um, what, what other insights do you have from your own data and your own experimentation over the years? You know, any, um, I mean, you've given a lot of the thoughts, but any other interesting, unique, or surprising insights you have that you, know, you just can't help but tell people about stuff that you've learned? Yeah, I think one area that is incredibly promising right now is for individuals like you and I to start getting access to our genomic data. And that is representative of the power that is now being put in the hands of consumers. I can go to nutritiongenome.com and order a saliva kit for 199 bucks and send it in myself, no doctor, sit down with, a, with an expert who can then review it with me. And they helped look at several genetic mutations I had. And that was explaining a lot of things about why I struggle with certain lab tests being out of range, why I even gravitated towards certain career choices. It's just very insightful. Hmm. So I think the genetic data has been incredibly powerful. And I learned a lot from my genetic data. And I think that's an area of consumer genetic testing is an area of nutrigenomics is one where they look at your genome and tell you what foods you should be eating to make sure that you're optimizing your health, optimizing methylation pathways and neurotransmitter function and hormone levels. So many people dealing with mental health issues, many, many people dealing with all kinds of disorders that are actually genetic and can be treated with food. So I think oh. that that's a big one. Yeah. And um, then the... Um, just looking at my own genetics, I, I have a, a propensity towards obesity. If I look at my my family line, so for me, I know that I need to be on a low-carb ketogenic diet to lose weight. And the person right next to me could be the complete opposite. So I can't sit here and say, this diet is better than your diet. But for me, that's what I have to do. For me, it's all about blood sugar, regulating blood sugar for me to keep the weight off and stay healthy. So that's one. And then uh, the last one is the aura ring where I really started to learn how to adjust my daily routine. So finishing dinner by 5 p.m. allows my body su sufficient time to digest my food and my heart rate stays much lower during the sleep cycle. And, and that's a proven metric that you're recovering better. So it's amazing what we have access to as individuals. Start small and, and go from there. It's fun. 
that's the most important thing to keep in mind. You learn about your health. It's fascinating. And you get some great benefits out of it. So those are a few things I found really interesting personally. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. Okay. Um, so we kind of mentioned it, but what's ahead for you for the next six months or a year? What, uh, what are you We're gonna just going to keep making the product change? better. Yeah, it's it's out there. You can use it. Uh, try it out. But for us, it's just this is a long, this is a multi-year journey. So this is going to take years to build. So we just have to stay the course, be patient, keep making it better and better and better and better and better. So we're just going to keep incrementally improving what we already have and just trying to be of service for people who who need what we've created. Well, what's your ideal? What would it look like in the next X number of years where you're like, you're, you're super satisfied with it and you've achieved what you want to achieve right now? Oh, I don't know. I, I think that there's definitely a lot of things on our wish list to get done that are not done yet before I'll be satisfied that, that, that the product is where I want it to be. It's not there yet. So there's that, that's just part of growing the business and making sure that we have the resources we need to, to execute on the vision. So uh, I'd say in five years, I have a pretty good idea of where I want the product to be. And I'm just working towards that. And like everybody, you have your ups and downs, good days, bad days. Sometimes all you can do is hit the pillow and go to bed and try again the next day. So I have a vision of where I want this thing to be. It's not there today, but I'll keep working on it. That's great. Well, David, this is awesome. And uh, how can people, um, you know, sign up for the service and how can they find out more? Yeah, you can go to headsuphealth.com and check it out. You can try the whole thing for 30 days, no credit card. If you like it, subscribe. If not, well, maybe we can entice you down the road. So, uh, And anyone can reach me. My email address is on the website. If you got, if you have questions or, or comments, just feel free to reach out to me directly. Support at headsuphealth.com. I read every single email that comes in. All right. Well, that's great, David. Thank you for coming. This is really great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Look forward to connecting again. You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you.